Material Components, Season 2, Episode 14, Things You Cannot Know. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about a galaxy of magic and the adventurers who live there. I'm your humble dragon master, Mike Gergoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. Feels like yeah. a dog's age. What, what Lisman said. Yeah. Mm. Sure. Yeah, that. Uh, Do I follow it's... that up? It's only been a week, Lisman. What are you talking about? Oh, right, about? yes. I mean, time is <laughs> merely a perception. Yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. I am Olivia, and I will be playing Florian of Akalar. I'm Elliot, and I will be playing Shay. I am Michael, and I'm playing Oswald Octavian Theophilus III. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Amari. Indeed. Before we get into today's session, I would like to ask the same question I ask every time, and that is, Elliot, do you remember what happened last time? I do, in fact. We had, well, <laughs> it wasn't so much anything we did, but, like, the power came back on uh, in the uh, ship, the, uh, oh my goodness, the Demetrius. The Demetrius. Got yes. it. And... We decided to try to chat with whatever... No, no. We did not decide <laughs> to try to chat. Again, yes, not a we thing. Shay decided... A hey, royal we. Maybe whoever or whatever's on the bridge, or wherever it was, needs help. <laughs> and it did, but did not really classic. a help that... We could, like, actually give it without dying. It's like the classic horror yeah. uh, decision. It's like, who knows? Maybe it's friendly. I, I'm pretty I sure you personally said the... that, like, three times, Lisman. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Yes. <laughs> that does sound like what I would say three times. Yeah, I, I decided to call the, the call Ghostface, Ghostface. <laughs> and say, hey, mm. what's up? <laughs> Maybe Ghostface um, just needs help. Guys. I mean, those two boys did need help. Well, it turns out the call was coming from inside the spaceship. Indeed. Um, yeah, and, oof, I, you know, oh god, it's just so bad, it just kept getting worse. Um, uh, and the spaceship, well, the vampire, which we found out later, uh, was like, well, hey, I'll just come to you. And so we decided to just go, um, and that was a wee mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we waited for a bit and considered it, and Did. then pretty quickly Hot we're just like, minute. actually, fuck this. Actually, I had an interesting thought. Actually, fuck this. <laughs> there was um, a brief consideration of attempting to vent the ship of oxygen. Yes, but, oh, but we right. realized that that would not maybe work. Some of us maybe would have survived. Yeah. The thought process was being that... This creature, what turned out to be a vampire, had survived the first time everything was vented into space. So, attempting it a second time would have caused possibly more harm to yourselves than harm to the vampire. Yeah. Maybe it came after the, you know, the vacuum was, you know. Regardless, um, th 
thankfully Mike designed this ship so that you could it had two corridors so you didn't have to go down the same one that the vampire was coming towards you which I think was very considerate of him (laughs) (laughs) it's like I designed the encounter or something so we we did our best to uh, avoid the vampire at all costs um, and uh, get some power into the elevator to get us back to the docking bay uh, so we could just get the fuck out of there. Mm. Um, and it was very tense and very scary, and I liked it a lot because we almost didn't make it. A um, couple of times. And, a couple times. And uh, I managed to uh, kind of stall it while we were in the docking bay by breaking the door so that it couldn't uh, the uh, airlock airlock thank you uh so it couldn't get in so it had to go around um which and i will say then, that was a clutch moment if it had been able to get through that door that would have been a much but, more interesting encounter oh and the power coming back on made the um ship not be cold so cold anymore um so all of those dead bodies started to uh thaw and then they were a bunch of ghouls Right? Or zombies? Zombies. Zombies. Because there is a distinction. Ghouls is smart. Um, right. And so, since we had to figure out how to get past these zombies, insert Pacific Rim theme song here. We got our first real good look at Tux, Amari's mech, and uh, the stuff it can do. Like hold people, and chuck them across the room. <laughs> hey, decisions were made, okay? Um, toss me, was the joke, I believe we You did. have to toss me. I cannot jump the distance, you have to toss me. And there we did it again. Yes, it's in order to get funny. the doors... You can basically just skip last episode, because that was the highlight of it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, with a combination of mech piloting and some impromptu aerial acrobatics, you managed to attempt a daring escape in which you set a timer to the mm-hmm. ba- the pod bay doors opening the unfortunate part of that whole situation was that you had all managed except for amari to get up into shuttle number seven before uh-oh the vampire showed back up yeah and the vampire seemingly uh Really liking the idea of the pod bay doors opening um, just sort of made that happen mm-hmm. because it's a vampire and it can it survive in deep space and just sort of like float around and wreck shit all over the place if it wants to, which we didn't really think about. You're unsure if that was because of it is a vampire or because of its innate wizardly powers, because as was established, oh, that's true. a vampire is what happens when a wizard becomes undead. Yes. Um, but thankfully, in another clutch moment, Amari, uh, in inside of Tux, used the supremely cool weapon that it has to just absolutely unmake this vampire uh, in a very cinematic moment. Actually, don't skip the last episode, but do listen to that part, because that was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. The... Everybody's favorite mech pilot did his due diligence in piloting that mech to the absolute and utter destruction of the vampire that dwelt aboard the Demetrius. 
audio listeners, aren't you glad that Reed took so much time revealing Tux <laughs> for that fucking incredible moment there? It certainly was a good first moment for, for the Mac, for sure. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm not going to play all my cards right away. Because that's the only card I have. Blow shit up. Okay? <laughs> I needed to save it to a cool moment. And that was that. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, when would it have been useful earlier in the moon base full of weird fairies, undead things? Or when you were being kidnapped by a bunch of Kogrish cyborgs? Mm-mm. No, Not big enough of a threat, really. Yeah. Honestly, if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> weren't worthy of the mech. It's true. I don't know if you know this. I'm a war hero. <laughs> oh. Oh, shit. That's right. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. It's I true. Went over that. It's fine. It's fine. I'll, I'll tell you later. <laughs> but as you had done your duty and scouted out the Demetrius, preparing it for the salvage operation that was already underway in this ship graveyard where the storm's repose had found itself most recently you return to said ship of the coal foundation the storm's repose you have informed your immediate superiors at least of the fact that the danger aboard the demetrius has passed your final mission report is the word i needed to find there has yet to be submitted, which, as is tradition in these downtime sessions, you will be assembling your mission report by the end of this downtime. Mm. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you are aboard the Storm's Repose. Many of the Finder teams are already reporting back, some of which are bringing back whole ships with them. Uh, little teams being assigned to those ships will then navigate them towards a rendezvous point where they can be disassembled and junked and the payment given to the coal foundation will help fund continuing missions of goodwill and disaster relief but as you are coming back aboard the storm's repose finding yourself in the shuttle bay where shuttle number seven is off to land it's home away if you will uh, Duma disembarking, the rest of you kind of uh, finding a way to get the zombie guts off of the the mech. Thankfully, they've got a nice frozen patina uh, on now as you were exposed to the chill of space. So whatever zombie goo is on Tux can be very easily chipped off. It's like hammers and chisels. You uh, know? Very... very fine or uh, super coolant to like freeze it even more so it just shatters by itself and falls away oh that's convenient i was just gonna hit it with a big stick <laughs> yeah they don't recommend that for <laughs> finely tuned <laughs> mechanics hmm. no you should do it see how how it reacts see what it tests you know like test its reflexes just give it a I pop mean, considering how much my force uh skill is um but there are alarms going off as you enter the shuttle bay. God. There is an alert that is being sounded, and as you're glancing around trying to make sure that it wasn't you, 
you quickly realize that it is that there is another shuttle incoming. And apparently there's some sort of emergency happening with those aboard it. Uh-oh. Oh. Please be Axel. Please be Axel. Please be Axel. Please be Axel. I'd, are there are there quarantine Dead. protocols for that's that sort of thing? There are, and as you watch, you see security forces pouring onto the open bay where the shuttles land, and at their head, you see a tall, uh, mahogany-skinned individual, about nine feet tall, Master Chief Petty Officer Jephethe Olympius Marius Harkin Seventh leading a squad of security enforcers as they flood into the shuttle bay. That's Many of them game. have weapons at the ready, though when he glances back and sees those who have drawn firearms of any sort, he will quickly shout them down, telling them to, to stow the lethal weapons. The shuttle that comes hurtling in looks damaged. The smoke plowing off of one of its starboard engines is very obvious. What caused the damage? It's difficult to say. But it's a larger shuttle, you can see. This is a transport of some kind. Not your standard transportation shuttles like the Finder teams use. This is some kind of bulk cargo transport that is used to ferry people to and from the Storm's Repose from perhaps even as distant as other parts of the galaxy. This is a ship large enough to have its own warp core. Inside the vaulted ceilings of the shuttle bay, you see this ship coming in for a very hard landing, not graceful at all. There is a slight thump as it lands and bounces once before skittering to a halt over in a corner. And you see security forces moving in that direction. Do you have any reaction to this event? Are they telling us to move anywhere, or are they not really even paying us much mind at all? They're not really paying you much attention. Okay. I'm going to go over and check it out. I mean, yeah, i got okay. to see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, over his shoulder, Jeff, as he's called by those who know him, will shoot you a look, Florian, and watches you approach, but then he'll nod towards you. Fucking owes me money. No, I'll nod back. What seems to be the issue? We think someone aboard the ship has caught the green. We know what that is. What's that mean? Those of you who would hear this and have spent any time aboard starships would know that phrase. To catch the green. Oh, that's... Is that void? Yet? Is that undead? Some people also call it green-touched. Or seeing green. But it implies that one has gone through the void and has been changed by it. Ooh. Something about the energies of that emerald space can get inside the mind if one is not properly shielded. This is why there are no access windows to look outside, all of them shuttered when ships go into warp because the look upon the void is to no chaos 
the bending of space and time and reality. And those who become touched by the green, they are changed. Some develop minor phobias, ticks and twitches. Some develop malignant errors in their use of etherics, strange quirks to their own abilities. Sometimes for the useful, most times not. Some are driven past the brink of sanity. Whatever they saw, whatever they felt, whatever they sensed, driving them towards an edge of madness from which only time and lots and lots of care can bring someone back from. Even as you watch, the ship's ramp opens near the rear, and a struggling individual is being pulled off of the ship, his arms bound to his sides by thick you think they're cords at first, but then you clearly see they're cables. This was an impromptu restraint. The ship clearly not having the resources to actually tie somebody up. You just don't carry 50 feet of rope around with you. Who would do that? Who would do that? That's wild. So silly. But As spare... I start tucking away a rope. <laughs> I don't have any rope. Yeah. But spare cabling aboard a mid-sized ship? That's reasonable enough. And this person has been bound in it. Does the person look familiar? It's a face that you've maybe seen in passing, mm -hmm. but no one that you necessarily know off the top of your head. They're okay. no one. They're not a member of any finder team or tactical team that you've had much interaction with. They might just be another face aboard the massive crew of the Storms Repose. Probably HR, you know. But what strikes you the most as they're being dragged off of this shuttle is the fact that they're screaming. Ugh. As they're being wrestled down this ramp by people with just haunted expressions on their face. This Midrian man, middle age, uh, with a, a rough set of scars running across his forehead and down towards one ear that, if you had to guess, looks like a hoof wound. Like a, a furrow. This guy's clearly a veteran of the Shattering. Or at least a fight with a Taro. And he's screaming. As he is being dragged off of this ship. They see us! They see us and they know! They see us and they know! They're coming! They're coming! Has the dock been notified yet? And the security officers being directed by Officer Harkin are moving forward to collect this individual. But Jeff will turn to you and say, They were told as soon as we got the word. Bring him down to med lab now. Good. What happened specifically? Um, why were they exposed to... Well... And he's being dragged past you now. Uh, and as he is, he will struggle against some of the security officers. 
that now hold his restraints. He'll lean forward. You can see spittle flying out of his mouth, his veins on his neck bulging. He's staring with wide eyes, not at any of you, just past all of you, and shouting, He sees you! He sees you! He knows what's in your head! He knows! He knows! Jeff will kind of gesture all of you away as his security officers are dragging this person away. Kind of moving you to the side, he'll say. Shutter malfunctioned. He was exposed in his private chambers. No one knew until they'd come out of the warp. I wonder how he would have been affected if there were no windows in his room looking out. There was a window. It malfunctioned. From what we can tell, he he might have been looking outside when the warp hit. And as he's being led off of the big vaulted deck of the, the shuttle hangar, you hear the last echoes of his screams before a door cuts him off. He's saying, they're inside! They're already inside! You don't even know! They're coming! They're coming! When uh, jumping into the warp, is there normally like a like warning of just like, hey, five minutes until we're, we're, we're hopping to space hell? Um, Absolutely. There's a warning coming in and out every single time. Okay. That's cool. Standard protocol. Uh, yeah, yeah, like how, this is obviously a risk of any, you know, any ship that can warp, but how common is it, I guess, for this sort of thing to happen? It's kind of the dirty secret of space travel. Those who spend their whole lives in space, and those who choose to spend lots of their time in space, like maybe a certain finder team has been over the last several months. It happens way more often than statistics might have you believe. One in every 10,000, but when you have trillions of people doing spaceflight in a given time, it adds up. Uh, 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 Jeff, old boy, um, you wouldn't happen to mind if, say, we took a look at his quarters and uh, figured out perhaps maybe the cause of this malfunction uh, we usually leave that to the engineers oh yes, yes we, we uh we have an engineer right He'll look to shay you are all a finder team this is yeah this isn't really it's sad just like what? Florian well, just, just like like cut cutting the neck to to Shay just like and Shay is also cutting the neck to Florian <laughs> yeah. like no I don't want to go in this room where this man saw the void like what if it malfunctions while we're in there and we're in hyperspace like fuck that we're not in well, hyperspace and we're also like in another ship now but anyway but no uh, our engineers will look at it this is. A tragedy, to be sure. But he will get the best help. Dr. Noboda will see to him. Yes. 
Good work he does. Uh, oh, hey, I didn't get injured. Wow. That never happens. Yeah. She'll, she'll certainly be missing you. Hmm. Well, I'll have to stop it and say hello. I'm sure they would appreciate the company. Hmm. As you all kind of linger for a moment and glance over the shuttle, other people are now disembarking. You see that this shuttle was apparently carrying business folk for the most part, individuals who work for the Cole Foundation that are the desk jockeys, for lack of a better term. These are the people who make sure everything is going where it needs to go. They are the collators. They are the uh, transaction officiators. They are the people making sure y'all get paid. There is a whole legion of folks who do the logistical back end of the Cole Foundation that you don't even really think about until something goes wrong. Yeah, I suppose we would have accountants on this ship. <laughs> oh. But they're disembarking, and a lot of them look very shaken. Uh, but they are greeted and welcomed onto the Storm's Repose by Jeff Harkin, the Master Chief Petty Officer would say that they're very sorry for their arrival, but they are welcome to head down to intake while they where they will be met with the uh, the proctor who is ready to welcome them and uh, put them through kind of the arrival ceremony for new members of the Storm's Repose crew. It's really a series of safety videos that talk about everything that happens here on the Storm's Repose, but something you all went through months ago. I'll come up. As you're drifting away, you can't help but mm. notice the damage that occurred to the back end of the shuttle here. Yeah, that's what I... I was going to kind of comment on that next. Because one of the people who got out of the ship is definitely what looks to be some kind of members of the crew, whether they be captains or first mates, you're not sure, but they're kind of looking around and staring up at this damage as well. One of them, you think is one of the pilots, is shaking their head as they stare up at this. How far away are they? Like 10, 15 feet. Shay has definitely, like, yeah, what I, what I meant was, like, Shay is, like, has the next place they wandered off was to look at the, the damage. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we, I mean, we walk up, um, uh, what, uh, what happened to your shuttle? And the, the pilot is another Avia, actually. Oh. This hmm. one is about a foot and a half taller than you, Oswald. Oh. Um, so fairly tall for the species. Mm-hmm. But she has... Some very bright plumage sticking out over a kind of slightly modified to look a little bit more grand and fanciful version of a, a flight officer's uniform. It's got like a much higher collar that comes out in frills uh, yeah. around the neck and it's uh, sleeveless so that uh, some of her shoulder plumage kind of like sticks out and flares out from the shoulder. But she will turn to you and say, huh, it was the damnedest thing. Happened right in the middle of the warp, we think. Hmm. 
there was just a sudden jolt. The whole ship shook. Like... And she goes quiet, and one of the other pilots, a, a Midrian man, will say, If you're not going to say it, I am. It felt like something grabbing onto the ship. <sighs> and he'll look up at the damage, and y'all can't help but see it as everyone's staring. He sees three long rent marks down the back end of the ship, clipping the crystals that jut out the back that cause thrust, having rent them down the side. You can clearly see the score marks. The odd thing is, is when it connects with the crystal, it goes from three marks to five, to four, to six, to three, and then they dissipate off the back end. I love it. I love all of that. That's that's very good. That's great. I'm I'm I, if I wasn't on board for this campaign for <laughs> I, I I fully am now. Yes, more of this, please. Uh, because that's the second dirty secret about space travel. That. Spacers, for the most part, won't admit, but everyone sort of knows. There are things in the void. Truth things is out there. that do not want you there. The three-minute limit isn't because that's how long it takes to cross the galaxy. Three-minute limit is there so you don't attract attention. Hmm. Um. Uh, how far into the three minutes did you notice this? And the Avia pilot will say, It happened right after we warped. Uh, right away? Right after we started hearing the screaming. And when we came out, we were limping, and Tolvan had started shouting. Master Chief uh, Jephethi told us that um, a window malfunctioned. Was there... Were you having any sort of technical difficulties that you were noticing? Irregularities uh, recently? None. Hmm. As far as we know, we were ship-shape. Well, that's... I'm glad that um, you're all in one piece. The ship's pilots and crew begin discussing things with deckhands and engineers as they begin assessing the damage. The rest of the pencil pushers have been shuffled off, and you are left to go about your business here on the Storm's <laughs> Repose. Your mission report is due by the end of the next turn which by shipboard time is about 26 hours. I was going to say, should we maybe do that right off this time around? What, write our mission report? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's still fresh in our brains. Yeah. Especially since we don't have anything, um... We're not lying this oh. time, probably, oh, so... No. I don't see any reason why not. Uh, so yeah, if we want to debrief right away. Okay. 
Where are you going to yeah, go do we can, that? Um, we, can, we can do it while I'm while I'm doing checkups on the mech. <laughs> if you want. Uh, is anybody else in the... Is, what, the mech is in... Where is the mech located, usually? The mech has its own private repair bay off to the side oh. of the hangar here. You kind of have a not necessarily closed off section, but it is kind of your private repair bay for this particular bit of technology. It is unique among the, the finder teams and the storms repose in general. So you've been given your own little space to uh, equip it and modify it and keep it uh, functioning properly. I'm assuming it's a war hero. (laughs) I'm assuming it's the only mech uh, in the fleet, right? Or in the ship. As far as you know, yeah. Yeah. There is no other. There are maybe service golems here and there. Things that Mm -hmm. might have to go out onto the side of the Storm's Repose to do repairs. But they're little blocky things that roll around on magnetic treads. They're not the war machine that is Tux. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll walk Tux over to the, the mech bay and, uh, yeah, hunker down in what I'm assuming is probably like the center for like the center of the cubicle kind of yeah. thing. It's docking station. Mm-hmm. And then, it will and come green up light and comes on. there's a little kind of harness type thing here. It is a. Uh, a magnetic lift that can be used to raise and lower different parts of the mech as it might be disassembled without actually setting them down on a table or anything. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, walk tucks in, get out, and then uh, yeah, wait for everyone else to show up. Oh, my darling. You run perfectly. I mean... The left shoulder was a little sticky. A little sticky. I want to look at yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what comes up. That might just be up. me, though. We'll see what comes up in diagnostics. Sounds good. I've, uh, I'm going to walk over to the mini fridge that we definitely, definitely have <laughs> um, and, and and grab out some drinks. Who? Mm-hmm. Beverages. Yeah. Yes. Yoo-hoo. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And I do the thing where I get one. like like one in between each finger and then go over to like the, the countertop and pop them all off at the same time <laughs> yeah. and then hand them off. There we go. Do we have any four loco? <laughs> this is the future. We have 12 loco. Yes. Yeah. Twice yeah. the caffeine. That's... Is that Oswald's beverage of choice? Because yes. like, that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. God. I need the caffeine to keep me awake for 48 hours at a time. It's an upper and a downer at the same time. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Keeps me regular. <laughs> you don't That's why I do the heroin and the coke at the same time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. It's only a downer if you stop drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> Never stopped. Um... Your poor intestines and liver. <laughs> Sorry, space liver. <laughs> well, but it's the future, so you can just get those swapped out. Yeah. No problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Easy. That is the thing. In this society, most diseases have been eradicated due to etherics. With the right kinds of etheric therapies, almost all disease can be removed, and that includes alcohol poisoning. 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, if you get cirrhosis, you can just buy a new uh, buy a new liver. That's true. There's probably a market for that. Yeah. <laughs> there most certainly is. I'm it's sure it is good. incredibly so I was, shady. I was thinking more just like he has a little, uh, Oswald just it's has a little pure. box that's implanted in him like uh, insulin drips for hardcore diabetics. That oh, that's just, cool. like sends out Aether like every 12 it's, seconds. Maybe it's the other reason why he's always at the med bay. Because <laughs> <laughs> of all that dialysis. <laughs> comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial. Sorry. God a damn it. Glass vial. Why would you do that, Elliot? Um, because I was trying to trying to be more subtle about it to to ruin you, but um I had to <sighs> just didn't... come out and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, alright. Let's go through the mission reports. Yes. So what oh, did uh... we learn? Well vampire vampires are definitely real. Yeah, kind yes. of only a thing I'd heard about in Frankly, just uh, probably scary stories about mm. spacing. Yeah, I'm sure someone else has come across them before, but I assume like <sighs> that there are articles about vampires in um, uh, the archive. Yes. Absolutely. How how in depth are they? How like detailed are they? Or is it more like conjecture? Do you want to take time to read them? Maybe not right now, but I, I, I could. Uh... Assume that anything that has a listing in the archive is mm-hmm. in-depth. At least as in-depth as it can be. Okay. Hmm. Like everything so, has at least one primary source. At least. At least one, yeah. Um, do we know... Uh, what, what undead, like, how that is, is created? Is that just, like, a corpse's exposure to too much, um, aether radiation? Or, or what is it? I mean, I think with, with, uh, vampires and, like, wizardy things, Mike has kind of talked about, like, if a person has enough will... Uh, and dies, then they're like bound to the mortal plane. <laughs> kind of. You know, specifically, what causes undead is a specific type of solar flare. Oh. Well, that makes sense. Sometimes, and it doesn't happen very often, but a sun will erupt with a specific type of radiation called Kemlerian radiation. Also known as the Kemmler effect. When it happens, anything caught in its radius is infected, essentially. People turn into ghouls. Wizards turn into vampires. When those ghouls die, they become zombies. When the vampires die, no one's quite sure. Yeah, I was about to ask if... Like, how consciousness is affected by becoming undead do they still have aspects of their personality are they the same person or are they somebody else entirely they are the same person to a point but they're the same person whose whole being is now driven by hunger and Mm. specifically a hunger for aether like a vampire 
So that'll uh, change. Did, a th- that'll change a person. Did you yeah. say something about the specifics of that solar flare? Did someone say something about it being green as well? Or am I, I don't think my brain it was, just it. No, it was green. There was like a um, a display that was yes. flaring up that was green. There was a, a, a sort of like a digital display that was portraying an image of a red sun surrounded by black void and green energy was coming off of it. That's the, what I remember. Yeah, until the black void made up the entire image. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, which that is definitely I'm sure, something we should include. I'm sure it's not important at all. Because yeah. uh, other finder teams might be also running into ships that have zombies on them. You know, it would be weird if we were the only ones running into this kind of stuff. Would it be weird? Yes. That'd be quite unusual. Yeah, I, we're, I, we weren't the only team to go out in all that. Mm-hmm. Frankly, it's a bit odd that we've had such dangerous things to do the last like three missions. So I would be it would be very surprising if no one else was having problems with their missions. I'm assuming like the kinds of missions we went on before were like collect dirt samples over latrine duty. (laughs) No, I mean you're a finder team. All of your missions come with a certain ratio of danger. Mm Mm-hmm. Your whole mission statement is to find problems. If you can solve them, great. But if not, your job, essentially, is to find these problems, assess them, and then report back to the Storm's Repose, who has people to solve problems. That's kind of the whole Coal Foundation's thing. Well, it's... We could choose to think of it as a coincidence that we keep happening to stumble upon these... Very heavy uh, situations, uh, or we could make the assumption that perhaps there is somebody deciding to put us in harm's way. Not saying one is more or less likely than the other, just possibilities. I mean, I don't know how anyone is going to know that this specific mission was dangerous. We've had really no other indication that anybody, you know, figured out what we found on the moon. True. And yes, the, but... The moon base one was kind of the first really heavy one. Right. So... I mean, so, them assigning us missions that are potentially dangerous... I, I don't know if that means that they're out to get us if they don't already have the information knowing what's already there, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, who could have just... predicted that Lord General Moonstone was actually a deep fake? I mean, stuff like that, like that that one right there, right off the bat, it's like, oh, yes, we're going to have you infiltrate this militarized kind of thing that one screams that one's the dangerous one obviously but the rest of these are like everyone's going out and checking shit everyone's going and checking out uh different parts of the moon we just happened to go check out this one shard 
where right. we found the moon base. We were assigned what? Like a, there's an a signal coming from that. And yeah. if it was some grand conspiracy, it would be very like just kill us. Don't be like, oh, okay, we find this ship that has a vampire on it. Some Let's cats like playing that's with their food is all I have to say so... about that. I don't. <laughs> Cat joke. Cat <laughs> joke. Yeah, that was for you, Reed. Um, Thank you. Well. Yeah, I mean, I think we just detailed kind of everything. Yeah, I don't really necessarily think there's anything to leave out. We okay. also didn't really investigate a, a ton on that ship because it was scary. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's I mean, worth worth salvaging. Yeah, and the pro- problem has been eradicated. So. Well, one of the problems there is yes, a potential there's... problem that we closed up in that one room. So we should definitely mention that. Oh could yeah, have been, could have been we... more problems in different rooms as well. That's true. Well, but now we know what and all potentially the, the problem is. Well, that's you know, the zombies. Yeah, good times. So, probably lit. You know, so you don't leave anything out of your report. Then, I mean, Shay would insist on it, you know if there was anything particularly wizardy that they did, i.e., interacting with Aether by not not by touch to do that in any yeah, like, detail I, portions. But other I than guess that. I guess the how did we contact the the vampire? We can just be vague about. I mean, we went to the bridge. It, it just say it happened through the onboard communications or whatever. Yeah, or in engineering. Yeah. 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 Yes. Technically true. Yeah. Okay. So the only thing you omit is any direct admission of Shay's wizarddom. Other than that, it is a straight shooting report detailing your interactions with the vampire, your conflict with it, and eventual victory over this creature, as well as the numerous undead which still haunt space in the immediate vicinity. Because if you remember, there are still a lot of frozen zombies just chilling, mm-hmm. quite literally. Just waiting. Literally straight chilling. Yeah, just waiting to be thawed out. So. Yeah. The collection of those bodies might have to be just a simple, let's just push them gently towards the sun. <laughs> Why don't we just <laughs> take the bodies and push them somewhere else? <laughs> but what if they get, like, supermaned and, like, their actual power is coming from the sun? Who can say? I mean, technically... That's not our problem anymore. Nope. Technically, We're their just undead a team. nature is <laughs> from the sun in a way. If you think certain- about it. If you think about it. Okay, so you send the mission report off to Operations Director Silvaro, and you now have the rest of your time until you receive your next mission is yours to do with as you please. I wonder if they're going to do another psych test on us. Be surprised. In fact, I would love one. I would love to spill my guts about how afraid I was of that vampire, honestly. You don't get a psych eval, but something that would happen within the next turn would be that you all have a request to get a physical from Dr. Naboda, just to make sure that you're doing okay and have not been infected. infected. Yeah. That's not for hernias? I mean, If you have a concern about that, Dr. Naboda is more than happy to- I'll schedule both. Okay. 
Um, Doctor, uh, it's strange. Usually at this point I have some sort of broken arm or dislocated whatever. Is something wrong with me? I feel fine. Praise the pillars. Is there anything else you need? No. Good, then I will be going now. Oh, but always good to catch up. Hey, Mike, can you tell from a physical if someone's a wizard? Not unless it's a very, very granular physical. Is it? Like a hernia. No, you're not, oh, okay. you're not getting blood drawn or anything. Okay. It's a, quick, it's, a, it's a scan and whatnot. If somebody did like a genetics uh, shakedown of Shay, they would be able to tell. If I did a... If I- if I did a little 23 of me, then uh, yeah. maybe I'll tell. But. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Which wizards so are you connected to? Do All of them. I, then I'm All guessing we don't have to do any sort of grand work down when we join the Cole Foundation, then. I would assume. Just no. a signature. It's really... Seems bad. like a bad... Yeah, <laughs> like, like no security. <laughs> Easier than giving blood. It's yeah. weird. I mean, hey, listen... I'm very thankful that all we needed was a signature. I, I didn't even sign my name. I just signed a big old X. But I just did a hoof print in the ink. <laughs> you know that you had medical mages essentially scan you for anything that might cause a danger to yourself or others when on this sort of mission. But that mostly just comes down to somebody essentially touching you and feeling out your etherics for any abnormalities. Basically, registering your etheric signature and seeing via their own etheric abilities, kind of reaching out and feeling through your body chemistry. I want to learn how to do that. (laughs) It's something they teach at medical school. Well, I don't want to go to medical school. Essentially, any properly trained medicus, as they're called, are walking MRIs. So yeah, you now have the rest of your time to yourselves after some quick medical checkups. Any scenes anyone wants to play out? Conversations Uh, that need to happen? I believe, uh, Olivia, you have one. Mm -hmm. And I I think Oswald is probably the... the, I I mean, this is probably like a mutual decision, but I'm I assume you would be the one to like kind of instigate this because you're the curious one. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I think Oswald and, and Florian uh, are like having a conversation about the fucking scary vampire we just dealt with. And it's brought up again. I like probably by Oswald, if that's like something that, that, there can be like a practical application of any of that like sensation that we we the the felt. sucking the 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 sapping of of aether where is this conversation yeah. happening bathroom yeah it's it could bathroom. happen in the bathroom I, we could meet it in my uh, quarters i that's yeah uh, that again florian has just like expertly <laughs> brushed off a space feet kicked up they're just chatting about vampire shit (laughs) Uh, um so hanging out in oswald's trash piles (laughs) the topic of conversation comes around to vampires specifically that 
feeling you experienced when the vampire had its hooks in your aether. That siphon feeling of something drawing your essence away from you. If anything, I just, I want to see if I can practice feeling that. I, I could hardly tell when that was happening until it, you know, really obvious for all of us. Hmm. But I... You... I don't... That it, it, it's interesting. I, I wonder if that's something that is innately, uh, that is inherent to undead, uh, such as uh, vam- the vampires, or is if that is something that could simply be learned. Uh, it, it seems uh, very similar to uh, you know how we extract ether from the say, the stone that I found, or any sort of aether tech, but uh, it's just a different source, I suppose. I mean, I can technically do that on a minor, minor scale. Though, of, of course, I have to be touching something. I ain't a wizard. But, hmm. So I wouldn't be able to draw, even if I, even if I could get that sort of mass drain, I wouldn't be able to do it you know, through the particles in the air. That would have to be... I mean, you would probably have to be a wizard, I would imagine. Y- yeah. I wonder so if we should hook Shay in on this. Oh, that's See if possible. they have any thoughts. I, I mean... Right, because Shay's a wizard! It's... I need to keep it a secret! Gods. Oh. <laughs> Somewhere else on the ship, Shay just like... <sighs> <laughs> Yes, we I mean, should definitely bring Shay in. I think uh, their expertise would be uh, quite uh, helpful. Worth a shot. And yeah, I mean, the, the principles of Sharon Aether are, are known. I, I can technically kind of do that. It just you can takes a take while. Aether from living material? Uh, uh. Something like that. Uh, huh. But. Again, not like through the air. Is that is that something you've always been able to do? This is actually potentially something that that Florian and Oswald have already talked about. Oh, okay, um, is uh, Flor like yes? Um, I, you know, it's just I, I don't. We we think of of people of bodies being like a closed system for mm. you know everything else but also for aether and it's it's not really it's like if anything a, a planet or a galaxy is a closed system we're really more like cells and we can still sort of we can still transfer anything energy matter even mm. it's just uh takes a little bit of effort so, so yes, Florian has always been able to do this. Um, yeah, I imagine it's it's uh, something that Oswald finds very fascinating about Florian. Yeah, I, he's probably also told you, like, because his homeworld is so close to the Northern Reach, the radiation levels are really high, mm. um, which also probably has potentially has something to do with it. Again, he doesn't know, like, the technical reasons, maybe, but he's always just like, I, I don't 
I don't feel super attached to any of the aether in my body, and so I just sometimes don't understand it being attached to other things either. So I just makes a little like grabbing gesture. Get it. I'm gonna call Shay. Uh, I tried to imitate the. I thought about imitating the iPhone noise, and then I was like, I'm not gonna do that. Puru 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 puru. Yeah. Puru 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 puru. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if if I think Florian couches it as like, hey, Oswald and I have a question for you. Uh, Do okay. you want to come hang out? <laughs> we require your expertise. Oh, God. Uh, sure. Where are you? Ozzy's room. Okay. We could, we don't have, we could go no, somewhere fine. else. Uh, no, just, I, like, no, I can no, no, hear no, no, the no. horror in your voice. No, it's totally fine. Just give me a few minutes. I'll be right there. Shay shows up with a folding chair. <laughs> um, it's like sitting. <laughs> so, what's up? <laughs> so, we have been discussing uh, our thoughts on well, the being that we came across, the, its vampiric nature, the way it could draw Aether from living beings. Yeah. Um, it is evident that this vampire was, at one point, a wizard. I'm assuming uh, the navigator of the ship. Yeah, more than likely. But... Um, Yes, we were uh, curious, uh, Florian. Actually, why why don't you uh, explain it? You explained it very well before. What? Um, yes. When you when you just explained it to me. Uh, how? Mm, we want to we want to figure out if you can do that. I, I mean, maybe not that necessarily, but. Uh, Something like that. I mean, it's. I suppose it wouldn't hurt to try. It could. Like, from one of you, or... Well, let, let's start with something a little simpler. Uh, and I don't know if we need to roleplay this whole thing, but I basically just want to, like, talk to you about Aether Leech stuff. Um, we are. Both Aether leeches. High five. Yay. And yeah, and then I mean, leech I think... off of each other at the same time. <laughs> Again, can't do it on living living folks. Oh, shit. Yet. Never mind. Yet. <laughs> um, unless. Uh, unless. But yeah, I mean, like, the, the kind of scene I'm imagining is like, um, harnessing our cheese together no uh but it is like like florian talking through like what he does when he aether leeches and like kind of like messing around with the limits of what shay can do with that and then of course like uh describing it all to oswald so he can actually analyze it just being science nerds for the rest of it is what we do best and well, well, sure. 
Also squish and, things with gravity. And I think what's interesting too is when Shay is describing both the process of taking aether from a thing, which is, I mean, which is like, right, something that, you know, everyone already does technically, like, mm-hmm. to use it. But because Shay is a wizard, like, and because I think that maybe this is how it's taught on Wesrin Isald is that it's very different from Florian's idea about Aether and the feeling of Aether and taking it because like for wizards say, yeah. it's like and Mike correct me if I'm wrong I'm I'm just this is mostly conjecture but like you know it's like it's more that like the feeling of Aether is uh, the Aether is everywhere and as a wizard you can feel it more prominently than others because you can use it more easily and uh stuff everyone has six senses you've got the five basic ones plus an etheric sense everyone has one the difference between wizards and everybody else and some theorize that this is the whole basis of like how wizards even started is being able to use that sixth sense beyond your own ability to touch the ability to sense aether outside of your own body or outside of your own physical contact with something is the the very core of a wizard's power i'm so excited that this is happening because i think one of the things that florian talks about is that back home that's it's not the same in that like you can't sense aether in like um the air or like feel the the rate but like uh plants and animals and like the the ground just feels much more like charged somehow than than other places do and so he gets super excited when shay starts talking about that because that's like kind of kind of how he grew like yeah it's not this it's not the same there's definitely a difference but it's a like a okay cool very reminiscent it sort of reminds where that diverges though is that how shay would know to talk about this ability is very scientific how you were taught is I am manipulating the athons that are free floating around different particles of aether. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. What it is is Os <laughs> Shay describes it like that, and Oswald is nodding along, and Florian yes, is like, "I course. don't know what you mean. I, that doesn't make any sense to me." <laughs> yeah. It's not even. It's not even like I understand all those words separately. It's like I don't understand <laughs> those words. Yeah, I I think it's like Shay starts saying like, yeah, look, Aether is everywhere. And Florian starts being like, yeah, yeah. And then Shay's like, it's in the, I mean, at the very, like, I'm not big into theory, but, you know, when you take tests, it's in the molecular structure of everything around us. (laughs) From the metal on the ground to the particles in the air. (laughs) 
Florian's just like, and then it's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you start topic, talking about uh, super electrons and how mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, athons are high orbiting uh, particles that are mm-hmm. uh, exist and float in between each other, and that's what creates the connectivity within aether, mm-hmm. and no. they can travel between uh, mm-hmm. atom and atom. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. aether. No, no, aether is just vibes, man. <laughs> No science, just vibes. Wait, <laughs> what do you mean by vibes? Technically, it does have a resonant frequency. I think Shane also, well, yeah, mean? I mean, it has a resonance. It's kind of a... What is I that? don't remember what the number is, but like... What is it? Uh, <laughs> it's almost, is it a musical note? Do, can, you, can you feel, can you hear a musical note in the resonance of, of Aether? It, or is it beyond the yeah it, beyond it's, the, yeah the spectrum of of mortal hearing yes it, it can be replicated and then like in some like artsy science institute you can be like and this is the sound of aether resonating and it's basically just a theremin um <laughs> i have a new character idea uh, oswald walks off into the sun um <laughs> Uh, Shay dated a, an art an art wizard. <laughs> uh, Ooh, art wizards are the worst. God, art wizards, fuck. He was seriously the worst person. He called himself a performance artist. Ooh. Performance wizard. Yeah. Performance wizard. God. Look, we're all 13 at one point. <laughs> okay. Well, so. I guess it's different to... Uh, 13 is a different age for BS 15. I don't remember. I try not to think about Western is all, actually. The big conclusion that you all come to in this discussion is that the way all of you talk about manipulating Aether in no way describes the sensations you felt when interacting with the vampire. Yeah. Whatever that was, it felt wrong. Yeah. Oh, uh, like 100% too when I was discussing this this uh scene with Lisman and Elliot. I was like, "Oh, I don't think we get anywhere close." No. It just through this we all get to have fun and be friends. So 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 even if say we use all of our aether in a in a mission, it doesn't feel the same as the sheer absence of aether that we were feeling. Interesting. It's a type of phantom pain that you, none of you had really experienced before. Mm. Something vital being taken from you as opposed to being used and expressed by yourself. Yeah. Do we know if Aether exists outside of Dragon's Wake galaxy? Most individuals theorize that it does not. The spectroscopic telescopes that people have and the ability to use oh what's the the spectroscopy i think um how you can like tell the uh the elemental makeup of uh, a star or planet Mm -hmm. based on the light that it projects yeah the Uh, color of the light yeah all of that science would indicate that no there are no other intergalactic bodies that people have detected beyond the dragon's wake uh, that contain aether. Interesting. Because so doesn't it like come from the bubble? 
Does it come from the vacuum of you? You said it comes from the vacuum of space in Dragon's Wake, right? It's everywhere in the Dragon's Wake. Yeah, it's just everywhere. It is a metal that is in everything. Cool. You know how human beings even have like a small percentage of gold in their bodies. Uh, there, it's, it's all a- up here. Aether is the same. It's just it's in everything. Yeah, it bonds to carbon really, really easily. So, any other scenes folks want to play out? Yeah, Oswald, <laughs> you want to do a scene? Yeah, sure. I wanted to do this. Uh, um, uh, I think after a couple days, like, we've got a couple days worth of downtime to play with, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Again, it's until you th- receive your next mission, which, as far as you know, I mean, nothing's on the immediate horizon. There's still a whole salvage operation happening in and around this uh ship graveyard um in an effort to try and build some sort of friendship with mm. oswald um <laughs> amari has uh taken uh some time to like make sure like one of the like extra like cargo bays is open um to let oswald come down and try out see if he can pilot the mech <laughs> Oh, this is better than I could have imagined. There's, no, all the weapons have been disabled. And of all course, that well, shit. of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Let's do this thing. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, Oswald. I got a surprise for you. I've like led Oswald this? down Ooh. to this cargo bay. And oh, been, I like, got surprises. Hey. What could it be? Right. All right. Um. Y- yeah, I'm not. I'm not good at the team thing. So, uh, it, oh. I'll flick on the light in the cargo bay. Suit up. Have fun. The mech's there and like, you know, the, the spotlight kind of thing. Go get him. You want me? Yeah, have fun. To go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, I'll show you how to do it. Oh, sure. Yes. And then I hit the fob and then, you know, the, the, the taillights. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, uh, I've assembled a series of ladders. Um, very much the like, you know, the pilot's ladders for like jet fighters that are kind of have the hook on top mm-hmm. lead up to the side. Yeah. And I've set up a bunch of like target practice, kind of just like a bunch of all of those extra cardboard boxes that are in the empty rooms that aren't being used. And there's one that's been like shaped like a vampire. And there's one that's like <laughs> a bunch of the little cogs. Uh, yeah. And like, yeah. So. Empty cans of twelve loco. Uh, yeah, I, I I acquired most of those from your room. So yeah, you, you supplied they, your own target practice. There is, yeah, there's a whole pile in my room. Have we just made a pact as a finder team that like every time we go to, it's like when you are on a hike and there's like garbage on the ground, you pick it up and and like carry it to a to a trash bin. That's just what Oswald's room is for us. Every time we go there, we have to take something out. <laughs> yeah. Take one piece of garbage out. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he just keeps bringing shit into his room. <laughs> so what does yeah, Oswald do with his? Uh, how how, how do I how do I do, Mike? Well, give me what what is your skill in Aether Tech? What's your talent? Uh, it is a D eight. No rolls in downtime sessions. I just want to know what the your talent die size is. Yes, it's a it's a D eight. Okay. This oh, wait, no, sorry. 
it's a d6 because i don't have a specialization right okay being inside this mech is interesting firstly because the cockpit adjusts to your size the seat kind of molding and conforming to your body shape the interface that is in front of you isn't something you're you're really unsure how to approach it until you feel this almost stabbing pain at the base of your skull yeah you're gonna feel a little bit of oh yeah there there it is that's how i was wondering how that works um and suddenly your senses expand and you feel your body is this huge mechanical war beast flexing your immense metal hands and these long ape-like arms you feel the the power and suspension in the reverse jointed shorter legs that bunch up beneath you this is what it's like being over four feet tall and oswald's voice gaining a resonant quality booms out from the mech this is what it feels like Sam, put the cube in my chest. (laughs) (laughs) Oswaldimus Prime. This is pretty great. You should really do this more often. You should say eat your oatmeal. Eat your oatmeal. Perfect, thank you. That's just for Reed. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess... Wait, but you set up targets to... What am I... What am I... Oh, there's a whole stack of beer cans for you to chuck at them. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I'm there's just, no I'm guns. Throwing, so I'm throwing... Yeah, it's yeah no, you're not to fire ball. guns inside the, uh, <laughs> the hangar. We'll I'm just open mad. up one of the doors and just, like, you know, shoot targets out the, you know... It's like I'm imagining that Amari end. had to be like, Ah, oh, Shay, can you, like, disable the weapons off of this? Don't worry about why. <laughs> I mean, you just take them off. You just set the shield down. You set the gun down. Disabled. Yeah. Uh, the mech itself does not have any onboard weapons. Yeah. Oh. It used to during I the have... war. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think that Oswald uh, gets a kick out of it. Um, certainly a new experience. And new experiences are also always worth documenting. Um, so uh, I suppose I get out of it. Oh, well. Thank you. Um, and, uh, fortuitous that we have this uh, meeting. Uh, something I've been meaning to say. Uh, oh, 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 okay. Mm. Wasn't planning on the talking bit. Well, oh. okay. The mech that you pilot uh, and the way that you do it is impressive, I should say. It, All right, uh, Shay. Florian, you can come out. We got it on recording. Oh, God, no! <laughs> Man, that took a while. Right? I, yeah, no. It does make me wonder, why not um, s- sooner? Uh, it, it is quite useful uh, for, for missions. I mean, we've been working for a while now, and I hadn't seen it. Up till did we need it? Well, between you having this mech, and I know you weren't keeping it secret, and Shay not telling me that the wizard, I'm just, I just feel like I don't really know my my team. So, 
it's it's good. Thank you uh, for the introduction. And also for uh, destroying that vampire. Yeah, see, that's why I save it. I don't yeah. need to be walking around in that all of the time. Yes. Good talk. Yeah, good, good talk. Oh, Let's okay. do this again. I, again? Some, I guess. I don't know. P- put her, put her there. And I go for like a handshake hug thing. And he doesn't know what just to do. Like a, just like a, just like a fist palm to it, to a hand. Yeah. Uh, hand turkey. turkey. Yeah. A hand turkey. That's, that's good. Right there. That quality teamwork. Well, gotta go do some research. Yeah. Bye. Anyways, I, I gotta, I gotta clean, clean this all up. Good work t- t- today. I hop in the back and start cleaning shit up. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, is Amari and uh, Oswald are are they gonna are they gonna get are they gonna get together? You know, like is this the first ship of the campaign? Who's to say? Huh? I think the first ship was the Storm's Repose, but either yeah. way. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I'm married. <laughs> hey, what happens yeah. in deep space stays in deep space. <laughs> no, she will find out. Yeah, she is litigious. <laughs> She's behind all this. She wants me dead. Yeah, you go about cleaning and you, you manage to clean up after that. Any other scenes for folks? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, no. Well, so uh, mine also takes place in the uh, Blue Giant. Oh, the bar? The bar? Yeah. My favorite about, bar? Yeah, the Blue Giant. That is oh, the largest nice. cantina aboard the Storm's Repose. Oh, what was uh, what 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 was the uh, the the bartender's the names of stars hum. long dead? Yes, hum. Um, and I wanted one with Amari. Um, but uh, I'm not really sure how much meat is on it. So uh, kind of like the last scene that just it. happened. Yeah. So Olivia, yeah. if you was, also want cool. yours to happen at the same time, then <laughs> if my improv doesn't go anywhere, then. <laughs> Feel free to jump on. So, at the Blue Giant, the large cantina that serves as both a a break room and a respite from the duties of the the Cole Foundation, you find yourselves. Behind the bar is the Air Akasi in a containment suit. Occasionally, little valves will open on the suit and wisps of solidified, etherically charged air that forms this creature's body will whip out and mix drinks, grabbing things with tendrils of air from the back counter and mixing drinks and serving them to people. Food is being cooked up in the back by a rather scruffy-looking lichen individual that appears to be some sort of uh, bulldog canid uh, who wears a a white uh, kind of smock and a little chef's hat friends oh my god what is okay what is this lichen's name a hundred percent i have introduced myself to this person oh his name's blue this is his giant and the the restaurant starts standing up and folding into a, a robot oh jesus most folks call him old blue yeah so basically shay uh I guess finds Amari in there and sidles up next to him in the bar and says, uh, 
Hey, hum. Uh, another round for Hamari, whatever he's drinking. On me. Another round of beer, then? I'm, like, two sips away from finishing my, my first drink, and just like, yeah, just just give me one more second. Doubt it. Okay, now I'm ready. And what'll it be for you? Mm. I'm in the mood for something spicy. We got a nice batch of ogrish clear come in. Ooh. Yeah, make me something with that. All right. And you see uh, a cocktail being made, and what strikes you as odd is there's a clear liquor that is poured out into what looks mostly like a martini glass, but then a something with a carapace is cracked over the drink, and a little, like, insectoid leg dangles out of the drink as it is served to you, and there's this red little swirl that drifts inside the alcohol. Spicy. They call it a Megapedon. Thank you. And I think that's kind of what Shay does every time they go to the bar, is they just sort of give a vibe and sort of uh, and trust that Hum will make something good. They always and do. They always do. So what's going on, Shay? Well, I wanted to buy you a drink to thank you for saving all of our asses out there. I know that it's we're a team and it's your job, but um I mean, I was going to say it's my job, but yeah. Yeah. No, I'm on the level. But um uh, yeah. Even in the last few missions we've been in, uh, I've never been that close to death or worse. Does it get any easier? I mean, I was going to say, weirdly enough, you get used to it. But I don't know if that's a good thing. Who knows? Maybe that was it. Maybe it's all easy from here. Maybe it's not. I mean, we can quit whenever we want. I suppose that's true. Well, yeah, I don't, I didn't mean to, I don't mean to maybe drag anything up that you don't want to think about, but, um. I don't mind. Yeah, it's just, I'm still not quite over it, but, um, I seem to be compartmentalizing fairly quickly, and, Mm. uh. Yeah, you get good at that, too. Well, this helps, and he holds up the drink. Yeah, I'm not really sure if that's good either, but... Uh, it's not. It's it's really not. Yeah. Well, diagnostics came back fine on the mech. I think it was Chills just you. good. That's yeah. probably just me. I've been skipping the gym. Almondito's still there every day? Yep, every yeah. day. Ains, bro. He's always working on his arms to make sure his draws are quicker. It's ridiculous. He does have really good arms, though. That's dedication. Yes, he does. Other people would like to have good arms, too, but it can't happen if he's hogging the tricep machine the entire time. 
This is Reed getting it's out of It's weird that we only other. have one tricep machine, isn't it? You'd think they'd have more, really. <laughs> Budget You'd cuts. think we'd have more. Uh, all right. That was kind of the, the extent of it. Yeah. Just, uh, I, and, I, uh, yeah, I was going to cut in, like, kind of right around here, or, you know, as the conversation oh, sort of here. dies down. Yeah, from, like, across hey. the... Yeah. Uh, room, Florian will do a like, ah, hey! What's up, uh, dude? What's up? Yeah. What's up? Space that ain't, that ain't That ain't my accent. Space uh, yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And we'll uh, sort of do a little, like, beckon over from across the bar, like, come on over. Oh, okay. Sure. Um... He is sitting at a table with um, probably like a probably like a few people, but is sitting with um, his arm around the back of the chair uh, next to him and is like leaning kind of into the person next to him who is a young, (laughs) youngish Midrian of a pretty fancy cut to be honest they're wearing a stripped down military uniform that was probably well it's tough to say a lot of it has been deconstructed in a way to seem fashionable at this point a lot of purples and greens that would mark him as a member of house farside which is an imperial noble house Albeit a very young one. He is laughing and smiling. He has got uh, short brown hair that is cropped Legion style. Kind of shaved at the sides with a little bit longer on top. Uh, He has clearly grown it out a little bit, but the basic style is still there. Uh, He is wearing maybe a little too much jewelry in terms of there is an excessive amount of earrings and piercings on his right ear that kind of go all the way around. And there's like a one too many rings on his fingers. Like, is the pinky ring really necessary? Who's to say? Uh, I mean, if it wasn't necessary, they wouldn't have made a pinky ring. So, But I'm just saying, like, there's it's clearly, there, there's a level of excessive extravagance to this individual that speaks of both the nobility and possibly wealth, but also there's an easy, relaxed nature to him as uh, he is clearly in his cups a little bit uh, and is having a good time with the group of people you're sitting with. It is... is... Oh, what were you saying? I was going to say, is this level of like extravagance like a person who is wearing a scarf on the outside of their jacket? No, not necessarily. And the jacket is definitely unbuttoned to oh, yeah. uh, re- reveal a uh, deep-cut V-neck. Um, the individual has kind of like uh, the air of someone who has gotten off of duty uh, from being a, a mm-hmm. usual military individual. Um, but based on the, the, the house colors and signets you see, uh, the uniform was probably once imperial military, but has been just like turned into a a fashionable. Yes, I was in the military, but it's behind me now. 
This is my dad's military jacket. He doesn't wear it anymore. I wear it. <laughs> it is probably it's probably borderline kind of hard to tell, but this might this might be a date. Occasionally okay. there's definitely some like uh laughter and like touching of uh Florian's shoulder in a way that's just like there's lots of shoulders. Boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a big beefy boy. Uh mm-hmm. but it they're like part still like part of a group. And as uh, Florian is gesturing you over, you see that uh, he is telling a joke of some time and of some kind, and the table is laughing. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, ev- everybody! This is uh, this is Amari and uh, and Shay, uh, part of Oracle. Um, I almost said seven. Oracle Zero. I know the name of my Finder team. <laughs> I'd hope so. Evening, everyone. And Shay will raise a glass. Wink. The table raised At glasses. Everybody. Yeah, individually. Yeah. yeah. The individual Wink sitting over. with Florian will say, The Vampire Slayer, then. Fantastic. That's me. Whew. Stuff does get around this ship quick. I mean, I, mean, I partially because I, I did just recount this whole tale there was a whole story that was just told to us a little bit tipsy as well (laughs) i hope florian embellished quite a bit then well don't have to embellish much when it comes to killing vampires Hmm. it was very impressive amari part of the job i'll get the next one too Florian says you're a mech pilot, then. You piloted a seraph of some type? Yeah, only one on the ship. Fantastic. Uh, I hope you don't mind me asking, uh, what's the model? Big. Something of a former mech pilot myself. Oh, God. Why are you dating this douche? Uh, what, what was it called? A Yamada or whatever? A Yazada? Yazada, that one. Be cool if I looked at my notebook, but it's all chaotic. There's no rhyme or reason to any of these notes in here. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a Yazada. Oh. Dominion, then. Yeah, that's right. You know. I, uh... I'm familiar with the Yazada. It's a... efficient machine. Get the job done from time to time. There was one or two of them on uh, on Fortin, I think. Mm. And you remember Fortin, Amari. What do I know about Fortin? The Battle of Fortin was a not a nice one. It involved a Minosian slave colony. That was being defended by orbital platforms. The planet-side battle that you took part in only happened because something went wrong with the orbital platforms and they were destroyed. Hmm. Intel, after the battle, suggests that a small team 
got in through the defenses and destroyed one of the platforms, causing a breach in the planet's defenses. Cool. Cool. He's very attractive. Very, very, very hot. It's good. That's very good. It was not a battle that ended well for the Dominion. Most battles ended poorly for the Dominion. But it was one of the few battles where the planet was not glassed. Oh, cool. So they didn't kill everyone. Neat. Good on them. And it actually gave time for the Dominion to retreat and regroup. Because whatever happened at Fortin in the aftermath of the fighting, all you know is you were ordered to retreat, leaving the entire slave and indentured servant population of the planet behind as kind of a sacrificial lamb for the Empire. And apparently the Empire did not take the bait and instead chose to triage the planet. One of the few oh. acts of uh, mercy that the Empire displayed during the war. Good for them. I'm not, I'm not endorsing what happened on that planet. But... but when this person mentions the Battle of Fortin, you know what he's talking about. Mm. Yeah, rough time, that one. Ugh. Rough for some, I suppose. Yeah, for some. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the thing that I just did while muted, which was begin to take a drink and then immediately spit it out, is uh, happens, but a little more subtly. And, uh, I mean, you know all of us. Who are we? Apologies. Have the pleasure. Introductions, of course. Julian Farside. It's a pleasure to meet you. And he'll stand up and kind of lean over the table and hold out a hand towards you. Oh, I shake it. How big is this individual? Not super big. He's definitely got lean muscle to him, but he is not jacked by any stretch. Okay. Probably um, about 5'11". Okay. Giant. Um, <laughs> huge. <laughs> Blocks out the sun. Um, yeah, I'll, I just a normal, good, firm handshake, but a very toothy grin. Like one, one good tooth, one cock smile. Uh, do I know this person? Have I heard of this person at all? You vaguely know of House Farside as an imperial house. Oh. And if I vaguely know about something, I vaguely care. Yeah. You d this person's name does not immediately ring any bells. Mm. Nice to meet you. And you as well. What are you doing on a, a ship like this? A bit of a sabbatical, you might say. Mm. Yeah, I feel that. Things in the Empire are cooling down a bit. And, uh... It helps one gets one's legs underneath them, going out and helping where, well, one's needed. Coal Foundation is doing good work. It's certainly trying to. There are many who are interested in aiding, doing what they can to help in the good work. And that being just you or all of... Clan Farside? House. House. That one, okay. 
watching a lot of uh, uh, Rebels lately, and I'm on all the Mandalorian <laughs> shit. So everything is clan this, clan that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's also. just say that if my father ever found out I wasn't on some fancy world gambling away my inheritance, I don't know whether he'd be disappointed or proud. Probably a mixed emotion, honestly. And he gets kind of a solemn look in his face. Not all of us are proud of what happened during the shattering, I hope you know. Propaganda's one thing, but you ask the common soldier and they're dying just as hard as anyone else. Mm hmm Oh, I understand. I'm just a cog in the machine. I get it. War's not great. I'm just good at it. Based on your reaction, I take it you were at Fortin, then? Yep. Rough time. Rough one, yes. I'd say I don't necessarily regret cracking that egg, considering what we found. Yeah, you were right to do so. Well. The, the... How's your date going? Yeah, like, the camera shot of this conversation uh like medium shot and as this conversation happens florian's hand is like arm is like removed from around the chair and is just like kind of leaning back is just yeah how is poor florian probably making uh Having an eyebrow conversation with Shay, just like, fuck, help me, please. No Julian will give you a, a, a yeah. placid expression and say, Amari, was it? Yeah. What would you say to the offer of me buying you a drink? I've got a mostly full one. Uh, give me about shakes his drink, you know, this much time. I'll take you up on that offer. <laughs> well, and he'll finish his drink, which is clearly something more uh, of a, a, a dusky kind of tumbler of some kind, but he'll down it in one swig and place it on the table and get up and say, drinks for the table then. And as he's walking past, he'll kind of clap you on the shoulder, Amari. And then I check my lapel for the bug that he's planted underneath it. <laughs> Shay will uh, kind of lean into to Florian and say, uh, I'm assuming you want to get out of here. Uh, I mean, uh... I'm dating fancy boy now, okay? <laughs> You've been one-upped. I'm a war hero. Lest we forget. <laughs> Yeah, we forget. <laughs> and Florian will kind of like, like grit his teeth a little bit and like give a one one shoulder shrug, uh, and just kind of like, ah, it's it's fine. Come on, I've got space ice cream and a couple seasons of <laughs> material components <laughs> <laughs> downloaded. <laughs> oh, I love that one. I hate that tears a character though. I know you do. <laughs> uh no, I I I 
I do mean I think like I think Florian would would stay and I if if drinks are being had like I'll grab one it it definitely is like a cooler uh a cooler interaction than when you guys arrived at the table but mm-hmm. yeah all right well if you're not going to take up Shay on their offer they will start flirting with someone else at, with someone at the table hell yeah all the all these folks owe me money so anything you want from any of them do you just collect your money owed with drinks sometimes Bad. strategy. The best way yeah. to store debt is in other people. I think Rousseau said that one. <laughs> I think that might have been Machiavelli, actually. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amari, do you engage in more conversation with young Master Farside? Uh, no, no, okay. I'm I'm good. I so, take my I take my drink to go so by the time julian comes back amari is gone and he has clearly uh gotten him another drink and there appears to be some kind of like dark clay mug that uh has kind of like some uh wisps of steam coming out of it seems as though uh, uh some kind of special drink that he ordered and when amari is gone he kind of it was a bit of a disappointed look and then I come back because I see this fancy drink that he had got me. I'm like, that's a $60 drink right there. I'm not going to pass that up. Oh, is that, is that for me? Is that? Do you come back? Yeah, I just had to go to the bathroom really quick. Why do we have two alcoholics on our team? I'm not an alcoholic. I only drink. The only time Amari drinks is after a mission. It's just a ritual. And he usually gets one beer. And he has like one beer every like two weeks. Can you get drinks to go, or do they have to be consumed in the bar? Generally, you have to finish them in the bar. Generally, but what about Is specifically? It, this isn't Browlery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a worker. I can do whatever the fuck I want. There aren't bouncers or cops waiting outside. It is a ship regulation that you do that, no one's going to technically stop you. Good. Until, like, a security <laughs> officer sees you, or if you happen to pass the captain in the hallways or something. Well, you know. And the captain, my empty. Imagine Riker walking out of 10 forward with a, a, a bottle of booze and just, like, passing. That's canon. <laughs> yeah, that must have. There were so many episodes of that show. That must have happened. I'm sure at some point, yeah. Generally, they had the decency to get liquored up either at 10 forward or in their own quarters. Well, that's the idea. Um, Never saw Worf stumbling onto the bridge just sauced. <laughs> Except or with rage. Was he soft the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just couldn't Think tell. About that. He's always sauced. That's his secret. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, Amari, if you do come back to the table. Yeah, I was just using the restroom. I didn't. Yeah, this is a uh, a cup of vast plain mold red. Ooh, it is yummy. specifically a a type of beverage from the Leon homeworld that would require some very specific knowledge to know how to order. I like you. This is good. This is good. This is winning me over. If there's one thing I know how to do, it's order drinks. 
Imperial education for you. And he'll raise another tumbler or something dusky and brown. I'm into that. But does it taste good, Mike? It tastes Just because from my home world doesn't mean it's good. It is a sweet, fruity, warm beverage that is meant to... Culturally, it is meant to replicate the mouthfeel of blood. I was gonna joke about that. Fuck. That's hardcore. But it is a, a sweet alcoholic drink with a slight metal tinge to the aftertaste that has mm. like a thick, warm mouthfeel. Just a just enough iron. Like just a hint of copper. Yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. A, just, of just, copper. just a little bit mm -hmm. of copper. It's like the the amount you get in a Moscow mule. It's like it's, it's barely there, mm. but it's there. A whisper. A whisper. One might say. Mm. A careless whisper. I would imagine that uh, uh, Oswald has been specifically asked to stop taking drinks out of the um, <laughs> the bar, so now he has to just order something at the bar, really drink it very quickly, and then leave uh, to go back to his room. Hum has a special cup that, like, is hooked onto a chain like a pen at a bank. <laughs> this is Oswald's cup. <laughs> he tries to take it away from the bar and just cup. jerks to the end And, and of the like, chain. every single time he does it, and I was like, oh, right, yes. And then he <laughs> just downs it. And like then a toddler. Is he an unconscious, like, kleptomaniac? He just <laughs> Because he wanders he off gets, with stuff. Yeah, yeah. sidetracked. He he's in he the middle of something. He can't see his own hands. He just—that uh, is true. <laughs> yeah, he can't see his own hands, so he forgets he's holding things. Well, he can see them, but just out of the periphery. Yeah, yeah that's as far as he can it's, reach. It's his nesting instinct. Okay, it's very magpie-like. Uh -huh. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he's invariably always walking back to his room, uh, and yeah. if he happens to have something in his hands, you know, then why that do you think those piles get so big? Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, uh I will do that. I I I order uh, uh his favorite drink, uh, the Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. Um, of course. Makes you feel like your brain is being smooshed out your nose by a golden brick. Ah. Uh, yeah. Perfect. It's terrible. I hate that. <laughs> um so yeah, uh, Amari if you stick around uh Julian would attempt to engage you in more conversation. I'll uh, I'll I'll constantly shoot down like more advances, just like like with like remarks and just like, yeah, it was fine, not a big deal, uh, unremarkable that one. Mm -hmm. Eventually, uh, he does kind of get a sense of how big of a deal you were, though, just because he keeps mentioning battles and you keep saying you were there. Mm -hmm. and like he stops mentioning places that he was and just starts listing battles and like going down a list is like yeah yeah you were at that one yeah I was at that one mm -hmm. yeah I finally when he gets to one at the very end uh, he says were you there at the end the end the, s the sack of Minos I don't think I was at that one this is Mike asking Reed. Oh, okay. Character choice now. Was Amari at the Sack of Midos? Um, 
Yeah, that'd be cool. So you were there on Minos the day the Dominion shattered. You were there when the Minotaur, the religious god-king of the Minos Dominion, fell in battle to one of the Maguses of the Conus Empire. You were there when the, the Temple City shook with their warring in the heavens. These two godlike entities exchanging Aether at such an extent that the air itself boiled around them. You were there when the Minotaur crashed into the Temple City, detonating like a thousand bombs. You were there when the Dominion shattered. You get the feeling it's very much that like mass evacuation scene at the very beginning of Titan AE where everyone's just like, shit, we go now, we go now, go, go, go. Um, you saw yeah. three Imperial supercarriers in the skies above Minos. The sun was blotted out by their mass. You saw the full extent of the atrocities committed by both sides of the war at its peak there on Minos. The zealots of Minos, the maguses of the Empire, gods among mortals who shook the skies with their power. You saw the futility of fighting something like that. What can governments like the vast plain hegemony or the coalition of freeholds or any other smaller government ever hope to gain against such power? You were struck by the futility of the war itself on that day, because it was always going to come down to this clash between gods. And what place do men have in such a war. When you reflect on that final day, the day of the shattering, the look that crosses your face is felt palpably by those still at the table. Because Julian was also there. And while no words are exchanged between the two of you, he nods. And this is someone who understands. This is someone who saw. This is someone who was there. All right, I hate him less now. And unless you were there, you can't understand. Well... Florian, it's 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 been it's been great. Um I uh I'm I'm feeling a little old tonight and I think I need to turn in. Yes, I hope I, you don't mind. Sorry to I, cut the festivities early. I've got to be getting on a shuttle early tomorrow, be making my leave as well. Uh, yeah. Have a good night, Amari. And Florian will clap uh Julian on the shoulder and yeah it's like oh boy this whole conversation made him so uncomfortable <laughs> like oh like have hey, a good just like have a good it. have a good flight but <laughs> uh yeah it's um when Julian gives his goodbyes of just kind of waving across the table 
doesn't necessarily pay any special attention to you, Florian, as he just says yeah. his goodbyes and kind of distractedly makes his way out of the blue giant. Yeah. Florian stays and hangs out, but is probably... It's probably, yeah. <laughs> the... Very. Yeah. The mood um, has been effectively killed. Yeah. And I... Fucking hate both of these. <laughs> the Dominion and the Empire could both fuck right off, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, the hegemony, on the other hand. No, that people. can fuck that, off. Them, too. Them's good no. people. Be a lot, things would be a lot better if the hegemony <laughs> were just in charge. Think yeah. of the schools. Well, I guess no one's getting any tonight. <laughs> as you're having your drinks over the course of the evening something that would be bubbling around the crew is this word that you begin hearing two words actually one is audit people keep saying that with kind of a dour inflection some people will like shake their heads and Say, no, won't happen to us, don't worry. Other people will shake their heads in worry and say, oh, I'm going to get audited. I just know it. I just know it. I'm going to get audited. My whole department. Oh, gods. The other word you hear is ledgerman. Apparently, somebody, a higher up from the Cole Foundation, someone who represents the Arch Proctor, is coming to the Storm's Repose. They are here to take an assessment of the inner workings of this ship and those who dwell within it. Teams will be audited. Teams will be interviewed. Individuals will be assessed. Those who no longer have a use to the Cole Foundation will be let go. Departments will be downsized. Teams will be reconstituted to better serve the whole of the Cole Foundation. The crew of the Storm's Repose is worried. Because the Ledgerman is coming. Like, but like, what are the chances of Oracle Zero are being a team chances? that's audited? There yeah, are what so are the many chances? finder teams. That they're just going to cross-reference all of our, like, reports and shit like that. Fuck. What, what are the, <laughs> what are the odds, really? It would be inconvenient if we were all brainwashed at some point. <laughs> in, uh missions that might make us less you know trustworthy and it's fine Oswald yes you return to your quarters that evening hmm what have you submitted to the archive of late well that's an interesting question um I would um probably um I, I haven't quite figured out um, like what's on the data cam yet. I've been trying to categorize it. Uh, and so, but because it's so massive, the only way that I can 
comprehend categorizing it is through creating a a logarithm that does it for me um uh so that's kind of what i'm focusing my attention on um and then as far as what i'm uh submitting uh i am gonna uh supply at least information on like if there's anything that is not been mentioned about vampires um uh, going through that information seeing if i can update it um, perhaps ghouls in general um as well as the effect of uh chemlarian radiation yeah okay as you are submitting this and updating articles mm-hmm. you see that the Entries on vampires are fairly up-to-date, and based on what you're reading, vampires are not something that has been overly studied, because they are almost impossible to keep in captivity. Yeah. The nature of a vampire makes it so that keeping them restrained and not eating people is nearly impossible. There have been a couple of instances in which they have been so heavily sedated as to effectively be comatose, but even then, they drain unconsciously. The the COG don't use technology that's Aether-based. Are they... Is there records of them being more successful at uh, dealing with vampires? We talked about this last mm-hmm. time because I oh, said Florian was going to. I was going to get rid of Florian and come back as a cogish vampire hunter. Oh, that's right. They're okay, very good at it. If there is such a record, it does not exist in the archive. Hmm. Something you discover along that train of thought is that there is nothing from a cogish perspective in the archive, really. Hmm. Well, I suppose that makes sense since. No, there's not a lot of cog. There are not a lot of cog. They don't really... If they use the metanet, it's not to give out their information to (laughs) people for free on the internet. No, that's fair. But as you're updating the section on vampirism with some of your own observations, Mm -hmm. basically adding to the list of known vampire sightings, and that is a pretty long list... You notice a couple of memorable ones that crop out on that list is uh, there is a vampire that took over a a community on a small moon that apparently was setting itself up up as an immortal governor there. There was a small situation in which a vampire hijacked a carrier above an imperial world. It was then destroyed by an Imperial Magus. And there was apparently a situation in which several vampires worked together in order to basically destroy a city. And the entire Imperial Navy was called in to destroy them. But they're they're not... They don't usually work together, right? Because they would be... I mean, I would imagine even they could feast on each other. Um, Yeah, no one's quite sure how they managed to do it. Hmm. 
Some people assume a lich was involved, but a lich is a theoretical form of undead. No one's actually proved that they exist. Yeah. It is assumed whatever will drives the undead is people refer to it as a lich. No one knows what a lich is or what it could be. People just assume that it exists. It's like dark matter. It's like, well, they're driven by something. So we assume it's an intelligence of some kind. We've just Mm -hmm. never been able to confirm what it is. So people, for lack of a better term, use the ancient lich. But as you're updating, you see that your updates and your additions are almost immediately certified. Well, great. Wow. And I feel get... like the la- the last thing that has been certified from him has been very minor. Um, so this is a pleasant surprise. Yeah, you see that there is... What it seems like is that there is an editor watching these updates happening in real time and confirming them as you're going, at least in this section of the archive. Which is rare, but not unheard of. Yeah. If they just happen to be on the same section as you at the time. Yeah. The editor in question, you see, is only designated the editors by symbols, essentially, that represent different archaic letters of an ancient uh, imperial alphabet. You see that this is Editor New. The editors are a mysterious bunch, and personal uh, anonymity is a consideration within the archive. Of course. They're right. I mean, if they were known, they'd be probably targets. Same goes for the field investigators and... Uh, people who update the archive. But yeah, that is what you notice. Well done. Um, yeah. And then anything I don't submit, I, I'm imagining I'm at least gathering Intel, uh, or at least thoughts on an hypothesis on, on the cog that we, we came across, but I don't know, know enough to really post anything about that specifically yet. Okay. Um, but it is interesting that there is nothing cog related on, uh, at least from a cog perspective. Yeah, so plenty of stuff that's cog related, just nothing that's yeah. like presumptively from a cog point of view. Mm-hmm. Any last scenes anyone would like to play out? Um, no scene, but I'm just curious, are there, uh, exterior cameras on shuttle seven? Yeah, there would be. Cool. I would like all the recordings of me kicking that vampire's ass. You go to get those from the data banks within shuttle number seven, and you would find Duma tinkering in the shuttle as he is wont to do. And, uh, when you come to collect that data... He will kind of roll his eyes and go, Ugh, another one! What do you mean, another one? Someone come, not a day ago, come for these recordings. I mean, who was it? Just for my report. It is a lady, silver hair. What's her name? I don't know. Silvaro? Maybe? 
Is that like Dumb, uh, what... mostly in shuttle? Well, yeah. Okay. Is that what uh, director Silvaro? All right. Mm -hmm. Looks like mm -hmm. silver hair. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I'm. I'm just. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll just take the recordings. Sure. Duma don't care. Yeah. Thanks, Duma. You're welcome. I know. It's good to see it when it's not on mission. So, hi, hello, how are you? Doma is good. How is Amari? Eh. I am not Nothing speaking bad. this word. What is eh? Eh. <laughs> Neither good nor bad, just kind of existing. Ah, existing is good. Beats alternative. Mm. Yeah, it does. I don't need this to turn into a scene, Mike. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to take up any more of our time. <laughs> so yeah, I'll thank I'll thank Duba and whatnot, and I don't know. I'll, I'll let him know that there's a couple drinks in the the um, uh, Mech Bay if he feels so inclined. Oh, there's also pretzels. Oh, yeah, salted pretzels. Uh yeah. <laughs> Duma is going to do filthy things to salted pretzels. <laughs> Go crazy. You leave to the sound of Duma giggling to himself over the thought of pretzels. Oh my god. I mean, you know what? <laughs> Me too. Uh, we're talking so soft pretzels? I or... could ruin a soft pretzel right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I could go Soft pretzel and some uh, really good mustard. Dairy Queen Spicy isn't closed mustard. yet, and they got those pretzel sticks. Mm -hmm. You said really good pretzels. <laughs> Take that, Dairy Queen. I'm throwing shade at you. Fight no, me. our sponsorship deal. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, we forgot to mention that. Uh, yeah, they just picked us we up. We got that DQ money. Happy <laughs> tastes good. Listen, happy. I <laughs> If we got DQ money, I would put happy tastes good on a shirt get, and wear it. I wouldn't tattoo oh, it. But. I, I'd get that tramp stamped on me. <laughs> I'd get that frosty that uh, kind of has that double image so it looks like it's upside down no matter which way you look at it. Whoa. They're called blizzards, Michael. Yeah, Whatever. frosties is... Sir, that's, that's a what, Wendy's. That this is why we're not getting the DQ money. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> As more and more of the Finder teams report back to the Storm's Repose, and more and more of the salvage operation begins to complete. In the days that follow, you would learn that the ship, the Demetrius, did not get salvaged. It was collected. When it was reported that that was the ship that was being brought in to be salvaged, an Imperial frigate warped into the system okay. and collected the ship. The Cole Foundation did not put up any fight because there was no fight to be had. But the Canis Empire insisted on reacquiring the Demetrius before any true salvage could be had. Why are they so obsessed with us? How the fuck are we supposed God. to make goddamn money? The rest of the ship graveyard, consisting yeah. of hundreds of derelict vessels... But I worked so fucking hard on that one. I mean, we worked hard. This isn't about me. But the salvage operation here is a resounding success after about a turn span. 
The time spent here will fund the next several cycles worth of missions for the Storm's Repose. And as such, it is time to head off towards the next mission. You're uncertain what precisely the future may hold, but what you do know is that the first step on any journey is a warp. And as the storm's repose closes its blast shutters and seals off any exits and viewports out of the ship, you can't help but think back to that ruined shuttle sitting in the hold down below. Those long, far too uneven scratch marks running down the length of the ship and ruining its propulsion systems. About the screaming man, his words full of mad ramblings, visions, terrible truths. Either way, your eyes are behind bulkheads when the green happens. When the void takes the storm's repose. And you spend three minutes hurtling through where the monsters live. And I think that's a good place to end it for now. For next time, the Ledgerman comes. But of course, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MatcomRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is MaterialComponentsRPG at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis, where I post art and post about MatCom. You can also find links to my Patreon and Society6 stores there, so you can help support me. You can find me on Twitter at CryOutOlivia, um, where I talk about all sorts of stuff, including mostly tabletop RPGs. Uh, come hang out. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at The Readamus, where I post lots of pictures of my adventures and tweets about my shenanigans. I also run the Matcom RPG Instagram account, so you can also find us there at Matcom RPG. And you can support us by rating and reviewing our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. And when you do, include the name of an NPC in the subject line of the, of the review, and we will put that NPC into this campaign. That is absolutely true. And when you do, you can also find me on Twitter at MKGergoni, where I'm always happy to talk about all things Matcom and tabletop RPGs. Such as our good, good friend Omatep, who you can also find on Twitter, at NPC underscore AN, because even though he is not in this campaign yet, he is, of course, an important NPC. Thank you all so much for listening, and as always, the world, the galaxy, is chaos. So please, be kind to one another. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.